why do people get away with things? You know, you're driving down the road and a person driving in front of you is not paying attention. They're going way below the speed limit, really slow, so, so you pass them. And, and just as you're about to clear them, they wake up or whatever and they, they, they slam on the, the gas and they zip by you and cut you off and eh, fine. And you get close to the, the next stoplight and you need to turn left, so you get in the left turn lane and that same driver realizes they have to turn left also and, and cut you off and you have to slam on the brakes, otherwise you're going to hit them. And they do the same thing to another person at the next stoplight. But no police car. Nothing happens to them. They, they get off free. You look in the news. And you see murders. Pay-to-play politics and, and rapes. And, and they, no one's ever convicted. People get, get off free, and how is that fair? You look at people that have a very different um, um, morality than you do. And it seems like their life is easy. And you've got problems. Why do they have those good things, and you have the bad things in your life? How is that fair? Asaph felt the exact same way. Asaph is the guy that wrote Psalm 73 that I read just a few minutes ago. He looked, and what he knew, I mean, he knew God is good to those who are pure in heart, and what he knew and what he saw happening in life, they didn't line up. This is how he put it in the opening verses. Surely God is good to Israel, to, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I I'd nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. What Asaph saw, and, and by the way, Asaph was a musician. He, he worked in the temple courts in, in Jerusalem, same time as David. What he saw didn't line up with what he knew. And it was not fair. Which is our theme for today, by the way. It's not fair. And the reason that Asa felt that is by what he saw. And what he saw was that the wicked prosper. He saw people doing wrong things, and getting away with it, even prospering. This is how he put it, right? They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice, with arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. They say, how could God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. 
What Asaph saw what was people who, whose lives were wicked. And he saw them having all the good stuff. Very different from what he was living. Remember, Asaph, he worked in the temple, right? Every day, what he did, he did things for God. And he looked at others and saw, That's, that is not fair. And this was a, a gut-wrenching thing for him. This was a crisis, a, a, almost a, a spiritual crisis. He described it this way. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. It wasn't fair what he saw. And then he said, till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. So, so what Asaph saw, what he felt, this was not fair. But then you notice what he did, right? He went to the temple. He went to church. He heard God's word. And he saw the solution to his um, dilemma. I understood their final destiny. The solution is to look to the future. The future of the wicked. And he described that future. He said, Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. Their future, well, there is such a thing as hell. But their future, their destiny, that, that's, that's not something for us to worry about. God says in Deuteronomy, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. In due time, their foot will slip. Their day of disaster is near, and their doom rushes upon them. Asaph saw the big picture. Okay, yeah. There may be times when they are prosperous, when they have no problems, and you do. But looking at the future means seeing the big picture. And not just for them, also for yourself. Asaph continued, he said, When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet, I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards, you will take me into glory. The eternal glory of heaven. 
is our future. So, so the solution to, to Asaph's dilemma is, is when you see things that are not fair, is, is to look at the future. Now, I could end the sermon right there, and everything I've said is absolutely true. But I'd also be doing a disservice to you if I ended right now. Because it'd be so easy for us to fall into that same trap that Asa fell into. See, the reality about life, in fact, Jesus talked about this very thing in our first reading today. The reality about life is that life, life is hard. Okay, it, it, it should not surprise us. When good things happen to someone else, but bad things still happen to us. It should not surprise us when there is a bad diagnosis. It should not surprise us that there is a funeral that we should go to. It should not surprise us when, when economy tanks and we lose a job. It should not pri- surprise us when mental health has to be addressed. It should not surprise us when someone makes money off of us. None of that should surprise us because life is hard. It's been this way ever since the Garden of Eden, right? Life is hard. So, so the, the problem then, for us then, comes in with comparison. This is how we get ourselves into trouble, is looking at what we have and comparing it to what someone else has. That's exactly what got Asaph into trouble. He looked at someone else, and that comparison then, it, it started him on this, this really slippery slope. Remember, he, he worked in the temple? Okay? So he, he, he works for God. So compared to other people, he, he has this idea that, well, he, he's a little better than others. Then there's another, further down that slippery slope. He compares himself to other people and he says, man, life is way better for them even though their behavior is, is absolutely wicked. And he further down that slippery slope. How is that fair? He, he's taking his eyes off of God and looking more on the physical things that other people have. And, and, and this is... This is a spiritual um, battle for him. He, he almost loses it. He almost loses his faith over this. And, and what happens then? The, you see where the problem is? The problem isn't in what others had. The problem isn't that God isn't fair. That The problem was with Asaph himself. Comparison. Man, that's where we get into trouble all the time. And it, it's true for us, isn't it? You look, you compare, and it is so easy. It's not fair. Here's the key. And if there's anything you take away from today, I want it to be this. 
This is the key. Comparison. As children, it's really easy to compare. I'll get to the real key here in a second. Right? It's adorable when kids compare. Maybe. Two kids have ice cream, one doesn't. They want it. But as you grow up, that comparison doesn't go away. In fact, I think it gets worse. Comparison is where we get in trouble. So the key for us, and this is what I want you to take away, is this. It is good that God is not fair. I'm going to say that again. It is good that God is not fair. You don't want God to be fair. This last week, um, I don't know why, a, a suggested video popped up on, on my YouTube and, um, and it was Dr. Oz interviewing someone. I don't watch Dr. Oz, but the title intrigued me, so I clicked on it. He was interviewing a clinical psychologist who worked with um, prison inmates. And these were um, murderers, pe people who probably would never leave prison. And, and the clinical psychologist was talking about this, and one of the things really struck me is, is how he talked about what surprised him in working with these prisoners. What surprised him was not what they had done, although it probably would surprise some of us. But what surprised the clinical psychologist was how similar they were to him. And he realized it. situations, if they were different, he probably would have done some similar things. In church words, we, we, we have a word for that. It's called our sinful nature. Every one of us is capable of some pretty bad stuff. And that shows itself at times. I mean, just look at social media, right? Or another way to put it. What if how Asa felt about others, that they were wicked, what if someone felt that about you? And they looked at your life and said, it's not fair that you have what you have. Because they know things you've said, things you've done. You see, it's good that God is not fair. Because if He were fair, if He were to treat us the way we deserve, just one word, just one thought 
one action means eternal punishment in hell. It is good that God is not fair. He's more than fair. Psalm 103 puts it this way. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. It is good that God is not fair. He does not treat us as we deserve. Instead, he treated Jesus as we deserved. He put our sins on Jesus. Jesus is the one who died for them. God treated Jesus the way we deserve so that we would be treated the way Jesus deserves. Jesus is more than fair. He is loving. He is compassionate. He is forgiving. It is good that God is not fair. When Asaph realized that, this is what he said. Whom have I in heaven but you? Earth has nothing I desire besides you, God. My flesh, my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. As for me, it is good to be near God. I've made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. So when you start feeling like Asaph did, you're going down that slippery slope of comparing yourself to others, and you see how they have a better life than you do, or you got problems and they don't. And Learn what Asaph did, right? Look at the bigger picture. Look to the future. And be glad that God is not fair. That He doesn't treat us as we deserve, but He is more. He, he, he is compassionate, loving, gracious, forgiving. And so when you start seeing that comparison, you start going down that, remember what Asaph learned. And, and may this last verse then be, be your words. As for me, it is good to be near God. I've made the Sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Like Asaph, go to God and His Word and, and fill your life with God. And then, my friends, may you praise God. Praise Him that He is not fair. Amen.